The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Brady's going to take it. Touchdown. Tom Brady has got the touchdown on the carry from just outside the one. And the lead is extended to nine with the extra point coming up. And yes, Tom Brady is heading to his first ever NFC Championship, Cooley, his 14th overall conference championship game. He is one win away from quarterbacking in his 10th Super Bowl. That's really freaking amazing. He got his 32nd playoff win yesterday. That's twice as many as number two, Joe Montana at 16. Is there any other? There's everything about it's amazing. He's the greatest. Like, how can we even debate this, really? The other amazing aspect of this is what a change for Brady to go to Tampa this year. And anybody could play the game that it was all Brady. And it would, trust me, it's a lot of Brady. But what a smart decision <laughs> to go from a completely depleted roster to that roster in Tampa. I mean, and that defense in Tampa. I, really, but, I mean, that said, he made throws, dude. He's so good. He's so patient. He knows what he wants to do with the ball. Now, he could have been picked a couple times where he wasn't in this game. Could have changed a little bit on him. But you gosh. know, I, I remember when we were having this conversation, and I said, and I forget what your position was. So if it was the same, then you get as much credit. But when people were talking about Chicago or, you know, um, San Francisco or – uh, there were other teams. I'm trying to think Denver, um, Indy. I was like, Tampa is the one that makes the most sense. That team is ready to win and win big. Like he's all they're missing is a quarterback that won't throw 30 picks and they're going to win right. 10 or 11 games. And, um, he ended up going there and, you know, obviously look that, this game, and we're gonna what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna go through all four games. That's basically gonna be the show. We'll talk a little bit about Alex Smith, you know, update you on the Skins GM search. Um, maybe talk for a second about Deshaun Watson. We'll probably save that for for later in the week. But there was so much to all four of these games, and 
Let me just say this, Cooley. I hate when this weekend's over because for me it always feels like football season is over. Like we won't have Saturday football now until next September. You know, there's no more Saturday football. There's three games left, two games next Sunday. Then we got to wait two games for a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is always anticlimactic for me. I think championship weekend is sort of anticlimactic um, from the last two weekends of, you know, 10 games in two weekends. But anyway, I digress. The um, We're going to go through each one of these games, but I wanted to start with the Bucks and and the Saints and just say Tom Brady was outstanding, and he was obviously a big reason why why they are there. But this game came down to one thing more than any other. You cannot turn the ball over four times nope. and beat a team like Tampa Bay. It just can't. It, it, it won't happen unless they give them back to you, and they didn't. They were plus four in the turnover margin. That was the number one reason for their win. I would put Devin White, by the way, as a close second. He was Jeez. awesome. He was awesome. He's a baller. And he didn't play last week. He, no, he didn't play last week. Um, Yeah, the Cook fumble was so costly. You know, the first Breeze pick was bad to Murphy Bunting. The Cook fumble was costly. I thought Cook had a chance to get the second pick on the out and up. Right. White tipped that a little bit. The, the, it looked like White might have tipped it a little bit. The Cook fumble to me, look, th- they had four turnovers. Three, The first three led to 21 points. You know, when you turn the ball over three times and you give up 21 points, I think that's pretty much the most you can give up unless they start going for two. Um, it's nice if you if you ca- if you cough it up three times to give up seventeen or maybe thirteen or maybe nine or maybe none, but twenty one is what yeah. they got off of three turnovers. And I I think you're right. The Jared Cook fumble after he had made a catch for a first down into Tampa territory with the Saints up twenty to thirteen in the third quarter. That was the one because the Saints were actually on the verge a bit of taking control of the game. Oh, yeah, they had scored on the opening possession right right down the field. Yeah. And they're going to go down and probably – it looks like they're going to go down and score again. Yeah, you got to cover that thing up, Kev. But that said, big play by Winfield. Oh, big field by Winfield Jr. Huge play on that, that. no no doubt. But that's the one. You know, there were other turnovers that were costly. That's the one because the Saints were on the verge of taking a two-score lead late third quarter. And he, by the way, he did not tuck that ball away very well. That ball was nope. sort of exposed and loose and allowed for the Winfield. And then who was there to pick it up off the bounce but old number 45, Devin White. And he, he returned that 20 yards. The interception that he had, he stiff-armed one of the receivers basically into 10 Oh, my God. I was like, is this dude <laughs> going to be the best running back in the NFL? Uh, that was that – was, That stiff arm was awesome. Yeah. Get off me. Yeah. Um. God, he was good. He was so good. I heard somebody sent me, I think somebody sent me a tweet that said, you know, Pro Football Focus said that his nine intersect, or nine sacks this year were all uh, unblocked sacks. So just take that into consideration. I'm like, did you watch the game? This dude from the jump stood out. Like, I knew he was good, and I've watched some Tampa games this year, and I know people were saying that he was a massive Pro Bowl snub. Um, 
when he was out last week, you know, for, for COVID contact tracing or whatever, I knew it was a big plus that they weren't going to have to face number 45. I did not really until uh, last night realize how much Tampa was missing defensively. <laughs> the without, between him and Minter is huge. Yeah, without him out there. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny, Cooley – I so the smell test was 0 2. The lock of the week was, you know, you got unfortunately you had the Mahomes injury that cost you probably what would have been a winner. Um, yeah, I'm walking that off. That doesn't count. Oh, uh, no, it does count, unfortunately. Uh, you can't tell your book, hey, uh, but Mahomes got hurt. I don't have hey, to pay, book, right? Butker missed a PAT <laughs> and a field goal that he never misses. So actually, I covered. Yeah, yeah. Hold on for a second. So wait a minute. You're telling me that. The final score is 22-70. I understand. I understand. I, I By the way, the Chiefs went off as an eight-point favorite. It, it went from 10 down to eight. I played it at 10 um, and ended up winning it. Um, but it, it came down to eight at game time. Um, so hold on one Mahom- second. When Mahomes- hold on one second. This is how stupid this betting thing is. It's, I, and I'm not even betting on the game. It's just my luck of the week. But now I'm thinking like you're thinking. So I'm sitting there going, okay, fourth and one. Let's go. No snap, no play. They'll punt it. The Browns will at some point get to that throw around play, and maybe the Chiefs can pick it up. And score. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, like, don't get this first down. Yeah. Well, That's we, just ridiculous. we got to get to that game because I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely in, I think, a minority position on Andy Reid's decision. We'll wait on that. We'll get to that game in a moment. But um, the, the Bucks, the, the Bucks Saints game, look, the bottom line is I, I bet the Bucks going into it. And I said I would take four, you know, all four dogs. I didn't give all four out. I only gave, gave the two that didn't cover on Saturday. <laughs> I was smelt as fixed. Um, but I, um, I just, in watching Breeze, I've told you this a couple of times, it's just not there. And I know that it is at times, and he's so smart, and the ball comes out early, and he he sees everything. But, man, if you get any sort of pressure, he threw three interceptions in that game, and two of them were pretty bad. Two of them were bad interceptions. That that interception on the short pass in the first half. Was he trying to get a P.I. call there? I don't know. You know, it was really close to, to you know, P.I. and you know, O.P.I. It was it was P.I. It was very close to O.P.I. That was within five yards. But when Murphy Bunting hooked him, I think the ball was out. I think it was, too. I think that, I think that probably – um, and, you know, it's funny because I think that there were a lot of penalties called in that game yesterday. I'm looking it up right now. Um, Twelve penalties. It seemed like there were more flags flying in that game than in a lot of uh, of the playoff games this year. But uh, he just under pressure. I, he, and in watching him this year, look, this is a, a an incredible turnaround from their last game. They beat the Buccaneers 38-3 to and were up. 31 nothing in that Sunday night game a few months ago. They beat them in the opener. And look, without four turnovers, their defense was awesome. The Saints' defense, I think, was awesome. With, if, with two turnovers, they probably win the game. You know, losing the turnover battle minus two, they, I think they probably would have won the game. Um, so I'm not saying that they weren't, you know, as good or maybe even a little bit better, but I oh, I just felt watching them this year, great defense, Kamara's great, their receivers are good enough and, you know, even without Thomas, and it's going to be Breeze that does them in. And it was. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about. It. He missed in a couple other throws too. He missed one throw down the field that he would never miss. He almost had another pick on a deep crosser that it looked like his receiver didn't do the right thing. You know, the Kamara pick, I think he's expecting Kamara to turn around. The Devin White interception. Yeah. 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 I think he's thinking Kamara's got to be ready to have that ball on him. Yeah. Um, But he did miss a couple throws. He missed a couple other throws in this game. You know, the, the, uh, as I'm watching this game, the Saints owned the first quarter. Owned it. And it was only 6 nothing. And it's 6 nothing. And after that big return, they got a score. It should have been 10 nothing, potentially 14 nothing, and then Tampa's really in trouble. The Bucks because the Bucks the, defense was great too though. No, they were absolutely they are a great defense. They were great. Yeah. Much better than they were last week and I would attribute that to White being in the game as much as anything I, I else. I think White being in the game is a huge part of that. There's there's no doubt about it. The other I mean Michael they covered Michael Thomas really well too. Yeah. They did. But, I mean, to start this game 6-0, it, it cost them. And and then they get the ball back and they throw that pick to Murphy Bunting. Yeah, that's the one, you know, that you think was a hook in P.I. I do. I think it was P.I. I don't necessarily – I like allowing the contact, but Bunting hooked him around his waist. And I think the ball was out before he let go. Didn't I, they – they had – Who's the – they had Steratore come on and said, it, it, yeah, it's close. Yeah. But I thought it was P.I. I, I thought – um, But the, the, the thing is, is when it mattered as well, New Orleans made big plays in this game. Like, they're they're tied up in the fourth quarter. It's a third and 11. Okay. And that catch by Tyler Johnson That was my guy, Cooley, in the draft. I told you. like I, Fifth rounder. Fourth rounder. He was a guy that I – fifth I, on Wikipedia. Um. All I remember is I remember saying when we were talking draft, I'm like, I, if they get a receiver and they want another receiver in the middle portion of this draft, I love the kid from Minnesota, Tyler Johnson. He's got fucking great hands, and he's smart. And, and you know, uh, Brady apparently loves him. You heard what they what they said after he made, made that catch. But they've got so much talent, he just hasn't gotten that much run. Um that third and 11 was huge because the game was 20-20 at that point. That was the drive that ended up in the field goal to give him the lead. But let me go back earlier in the game. I'm going to give okay. you a play that okay. I, th- I thought was really, really crucial because you talked about it. The Saints come out, and Deontay Harris has – I mean, this guy's been dangerous on punt returns all year long. And he has the big punt return. They only get a field goal. Then he has another 67-yard punt return that gets called back, and it was mm-hmm. a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, but they drive down and they get a field goal on that drive at 6 nothing. The, the Bucks have started three and out, three and out, two punts. And now they are facing a third and one from their own 34-yard line. And I think it was Jones gets snuffed, and it's fourth and one. And are they going to punt it back for a third straight time and put New Orleans back? Because I'll tell you, in that moment, I really felt like – Damn, I am on the wrong side of this game. And from their own 34, they kept Brady out there and they snuck Brady for the first down. And I thought that was a massive decision and a real – I mean, look, if they punt it, it's three straight three and outs. And now New Orleans has a chance with the ball to go up two scores. If they go for it and miss it, the Saints are already in field goal range. And I thought that that was a Bruce Arians feeling a little bit desperate early in the game. 
but doing 100% the right thing because it was about a half yard, not a full yard, and Brady kept it. They got the first down, and that that sparked a 15-play, nearly seven-minute drive. They only got three on the drive, but it was like, okay, they are in this game now. And then they got the pick to take the 10-6 lead, et cetera. But I thought that was a, a crucial moment in the game even though I think ultimately the, the, the Bucks' defense was going to make some plays in this one, three straight three and outs would not have felt good. Look, the Saints' defense is outstanding. Really, really good. No, they're really good, and they did a great – I love how they played Tampa. They, just, they played them in two high safeties, and basically they squatted inside and said, you're going to throw it over the top on our corners. Yeah. Brady did take a shot. Godwin had a couple more drops, too. Brady took a shot. Right at the what the end of the half, and Godwin dropped one in the back of the end zone. But I, I'm, I'm I'm watching this game, Kevin. You know, I'd said to you, you could play too high and six under. The, like the, there's a variety of things you could do. You could play five up front. I like the way the Saints played them, but we couldn't have played them that way. Right. I don't think that because I don't think that you can truly trust your corners outside. Well, and that dude Lattimore is awesome. He's awesome. He's great. The Saints are are really good on defense, and they get pressure and they stop the run. But they get pressure. That was pressure on Brady yesterday. I mean, even when he didn't get sacked, there were a couple times where he had to he had to throw it away. I mean, look, he barely completed fifty percent of his passes in that game. He was, you know. I don't know, I'm looking through statistically to see how many times he was hit. He wasn't hit a lot, but there were a lot of times where he was hurried. But you're right, like the third and one deep shots on the outside um, is, you know, he took some shots early, and they were off the field because of it, because they weren't completed. Um, I thought that Fournette, once again, you know, he has found new life in this postseason. because Playoff he, Lenny? He just – playoff Lenny. He was not that way during the regular season, and they got Ronald Jones back, and he was huge in this game. Did you think he completed that catch? Yes. Got the, there was a touchdown down on the five-yard line. Yeah. What, that, that was to tie it up at 20-20. He bobbled it. They never reviewed it. They never – they said that it was never reviewed, but I don't think that there's any chance that would have been overturned. I, I, I need to. I, I'd have to go back and look. You at know, that there's again. a lot of times you can say it's never reviewed, but somebody could see it quick enough upstairs and say it's it's good. Right. Well, it's like um, I remember. Uh, you know, I, I was going to mention. You know, the Saints and Breeze, and you know, the reports that Breeze is going to retire. Glazer had that before the game, and. Look, Breeze is one of the all-time greats. I mean, he is a phenomenal quarterback. He's a Super Bowl champion one time, an MVP, you know, all-time yardage leader with over 80,000 yards, second most touchdowns, five-time All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in passing yards seven times. But I think people are going to look back on his career and not in the same way. Peyton ended up getting a second Super Bowl you know, and it wasn't his Super Bowl as much it was as it was Von Miller's, but they're going to feel like New Orleans sort of underachieved in the postseason. His playoff record is nine and nine. Um, uh-huh. You know, career Sean Payton. You know, having uh, a part of all of that, and for three consecutive years they went out as a favored team um, at home. 
You know, they lost to the Rams in that controversial title game two years ago. They lost to the Vikings last year in overtime. And by the way, that was a play, the touchdown pass to Rudolph in overtime. Right. That's that, not a breeze play. That that said that um that that people said did that even get reviewed? It was reviewed for the offensive PI, remember? Um, but they didn't say it on the broadcast. So my point, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Fournette was just a quick look and say, "Yep, you know, done." And, and then they and then they went out at home yesterday. Three straight years at home is a favorite. That's a rough ending. Look, this one was on. This one, a lot of this one was on Drew. No, no doubt. I thought last year he got rattled in that game against Minnesota. Um, he was pretty good, I think, in the Rams title game, but. Um, he, Look, I mean, we can have this conversation when he does retire. The next step for him, if he does retire, is obviously Canton in five years. For me, when it comes to the Breeze conversation, he's not on the short list of the greatest of all time for me. Like, I'd personally put eight to ten quarterbacks minimum in front of him. And he's probably would land somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. But it doesn't matter. He's... You know, he's one of the no, best you, to ever do it. The, yeah. When you look at the career and some of the wins and losses in the playoffs, you've you got to start to count winning and winning Super Bowls when you're saying best of all time. Now, that said, I don't give me Drew Brees circa 2009 against anybody else in any given game or Drew Brees circa 2009 to 2017, I might take Drew Brees over – Almost anybody. He, he's probably in my top five to play a game. You mean from the from those years? Yes. Yeah. At the height of his success, the way he played the game and how good he was, you might not five, find five quarterbacks that you take over him. You're not going to find ten. I'll tell but you yeah, what. I, I would agree that based on some of the success in the playoffs, I mean, but you look at the Minnesota game where they scored on the – what the last play, the crazy last play, the Rams play that was should have been. In, in, that, that, yeah. I mean, there's some bad luck that he's had too. True. Uh, look, I, I never, Marino to me is a top five or six quarterback of all time. And he went to one Super Bowl and lost it. So I'm not one of those guys that, that judges these quarterbacks on Super Bowls. I, 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 I don't do it unless I'm just having fun with clay about Tony Romo. Um, the the truth is is that Breeze is an all time great. There, I just think that there are eight to ten quarterbacks that I could probably just name right off the top of my head that I would put in 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 front of him. Um, in thinking, and it's more of a qualitative thing. It's it's not. Uh, it, it, we got to watch Drew Breeze's entire career. I mean, Brady, Manning, Marino, Montana, Elway. Uh, young, um, uh, I, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm sure. I mean, I didn't get to see some of the guys like Unitas, some of the guys like you know that that would be. So it's more my era of '70s on watching football. But how many did I just rip through there? Six or seven. So I got him probably. You know, if he's in the top ten, it's barely in the top ten. You and put I, five. You just listed five. Brady. Manning, for me, the, the the Mount Rushmore is Brady, Elway. Okay, Elway was always my number one. Manning, Marino, Montana, Young, um, Rogers. To me, is a is a better all all time quarterback than Breeze. 
Um, Why? I, th- I think I think Rodgers, by the time he's done, we're going to have him. will be? I think he's already ahead of Breeze. But what is he to say that he's better right now? I think he's – This is another conversation. It is. We're getting sidetracked <laughs> here. We're getting sidetracked. Um, anyway. Uh, that said, in a huge game, he threw for 134 yards and three picks. And maybe two of them were not his fault. You know, the one that got tipped on the sideline to Cook. That's a – the ball's a little bit late. Cook wins on an out and up. He should catch it. He should catch that ball? I and think the Camara so. one, there's definitely a choice made by Camara there that Breeze didn't expect. It's a, it's a, they run that. It's common for them. It's a choice concept. He cho- chose to go vertical and thought he was going to clear it, and he hadn't looked. So two of them I'm not fully putting on Drew, but that said, Drew missed some other throws, Kev. He did. Yeah. Did you see the shot of him walking out of the stadium at the very end? And waving. He waved to people, maybe well, he's, his family. He's going to retire. And then it was really cool the way he just stopped when he got to the front of the tunnel and then turned around and just looked up at the stadium and then walked in. And then there's a video out there of him and Brady on the field with Breeze's kids after the game. And Brady, there's like a Nerf football that Brady's throwing to one of his sons. Um I mean, meantime, we're, we're, we're barely even acknowledging the GOAT. I mean... I just don't – how do you even fathom what this man has done? Um, and a lot there's a lot of people that get credit for it, obviously, in New England and, and the coach. But, you know, the Brady versus Belichick argument is not looking great for Belichick today, but it's brutally unfair. Belichick had a massively changing team this year, and Brady went to a star-laden team. Um, but it's just remarkable that he is, you know, p- going to play in his 14th conference championship game and has a chance to play in his 10th Super Bowl. And he is qu- he just quarterbacked his 43rd, 43rd playoff game, and he's got 32 wins. And the next closest. Yeah, he's got 32 is, wins. With, the, with Montana was the next closest to like 14? 16. Montana's got 16. half the number of playoff wins. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on. It's really This guy has double the amount of wins that any other quarterback in the history of the NFL has in the playoffs. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It... And keep in mind, they were the division champ every year. So it wasn't like they were playing a lot of three. Times the one seed. Yeah, right. Which gave him the opportunity to at least, you know, have a chance, a better chance of getting the Super Bowl, but he wasn't playing three playoff, you know, games a year or four playoff games a year. I mean, I'm looking at Montana. Montana was 16 and seven. Um, Montana, you, you know, and he did it obviously in two places too. Didn't get to the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Um, got to the in his first year in Kansas City, like Brady's first year in Tampa. He made it to the championship game, and they lost to the Bills in the '94 uh, season. Um, championship game, uh, the 93 season, I'm sorry, 94 championship game at Buffalo, 30-13. to 13. And then his final year was the his final playoff game was the next year, and they lost in the wild card round to Miami. Um, I, I thought Brady did I – thought, I thought they were balanced. I th- by the way, I think Cooley against Green Bay, if they can stay balanced like they were against the Saints, they ran it 35 times, ran it you know, through it 33. Fournette and Jones is a combination where 30 carries, 125 yards. He used Fournette really well as a pass receiver on a couple of big third down you know, makes. 
Um, Godwin had a couple more drops yesterday. You you think that that ball in the end zone, he should have caught that at the end of the half? I'm not saying should have, but Could've, I think though. he can. Yeah, I think Gronk had a chance to catch one on, on a corner out in the end zone that hit his hands. Right, would have been an amazing catch. That could have caught. I mean, there were a couple drops in this game. It wasn't bad. You know who was a Godwin had two or three drops again. Antonio Brown obviously was banged up a little bit and not feeling yeah. great, but he he's sort of been a non-factor except for that touchdown. Well, he had a reverse. I guess, no, last week. he hasn't. He they it, he's had some plays. Not yesterday. He was maybe a non-factor in this game a little yeah. bit, being banged up. Yeah. Only one reception, but in the last three weeks, he's been a factor for them. Um, one last thought. On I mean, this. it's just crazy. Like, and you you mentioned they stay balanced. Here's the thing I like the I, the two things I like maybe the most about Tom Brady. They stayed balanced because they played two high safeties in a light box, so he ran it. Yeah, and he'll check him into those plays. I love that. He doesn't care how he wins. No. He doesn't care if he throws for 390 or 199. Does not care. He'll do it when he has to do it. But until he has to do it, he's going to do the right thing. Two, I love anytime somebody makes a mistake for Tampa, just how upset Tom gets, how accountable he holds everybody. The false start. Yeah. The false start. He's just, I mean, he did it a couple times in our game. They're in the Washington game. Right. I love that, man. There's no – you don't make a mistake. You, you know if you make a mistake, you got to come back and look at Tom. Go, sorry, buddy. He's great. That's <laughs> great. That is – I mean, that is that is real leadership. You, you can't just walk out as a young player and do that. Well, I mean, he's 20 years make, older than some of those people. Like, take I some mean, credibility. Yeah, I mean, he's old enough to be, you know, a, 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 an uncle or a, or a father in some cases um, to some of these young players. It's, it's such a great – like to see Brady versus Breeze and now have Brady and Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. Um, I'll tell you what, I guarantee you the ratings last night were through the effing roof for that game for Brady versus Breeze um, on a Sunday night in in mid January. Oh God, the NFL! I, I I mean, had to eat that up last night. Um, do you have any more thoughts on this one? We'll move to Browns Chiefs uh, if you're ready. The to only do that. thought I had as I sat and watched that game is I really wish that New Orleans had a chance to go down the field in the two-minute drill. I, I was really hoping that they would find a way to score again. I, that, I, last, that, that dude, Cook, may have cost him the game. It was it was major, massively uh, a massive cost because they really were starting to take control. And not necessarily, I didn't think, because of Breeze, but because of their defense. Their defense was really outstanding. I'm, I'm, too- just, I'm also surprised that they didn't attack through the middle of that game, the middle of the field at Tampa, more like Washington did with Heineke. They really just never attacked 15 to 20 yards in between the hash and numbers. And I thought that's where Tampa was the weakest defensively. And maybe White changed that some. I think White did change that some, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is that the um, – I, I don't I, – I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and tell you that Taylor Heineke was more impactful in the game than Drew Brees was last night. Um, you, you're not going to sit here and say that he would be in another game, but you are going to sit here and say that he was in that game. 
Well, I guess Actually, maybe not I, more impactful. He didn't. I guess he was. was impactful. He threw three picks. Yeah, he threw three picks again. Two of them, I'm not fully, fully putting on Drew. Um. Anyway. Okay, let's get to the next game. Yeah. Let's get oh, to the oh, oh, I, I had game. one last thing about that game. You know the play where they brought in Jameis and little razzle dazzle touchdown. Oh yeah, the play that they stole from the Bears. The Bears tried to run against them exactly. Um. You know, by, by the way, just as another aside, they weren't very impressive last week against the Bears on offense. Now, I know the Bears are really good defensively, too, but they didn't turn the ball over last week. Uh, Hill had the one fumble, I think, on that pressure by um, uh, Mingo, I think it was. Um, but they uh, but they, they, they weren't overly – like, the Bears – that was a seven to three game with like two minutes to go in the third quarter. And so I, I that's sure. why I just had this sense that I thought the Saints were exceptional defensively, but I just thought offensively there was something missing. Well, yeah, there was. There was a few things missing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like Michael Thomas having zero catches was missing. That was yeah. weird. And he was missing. That dazzle dazzle play, though. That was hilarious. Troy's sitting there and Joe Buck, they're sitting there talking about, they love this guy, Peyton, because he'll stay up till 2 in the morning drying up these plays. And everyone watching is like, <laughs> dude, the Bears just ran that play. They, they just literally ran the exact same play. Stay up till 3 in the morning drying plays? No. All right. let's. Uh... That's a good play. Let's run it against them next week. You I know, loved it. My prediction is Jameis Winston is is the starting quarterback. I think Sean Payton's going to like Jameis Winston, and I think the Saints will be good. And it's probably good for him to have a year with Drew. It probably was. All right, we'll get to the crazy game uh, yesterday, the early game, the Chiefs and the Browns with an incredible decision by Andy Reid at the end, right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Second and 19. There's Kelsey at the 10. Leaps and he flies in for the touchdown. Travis Kelsey. You know, Cooley, first of all, I love these games. Um, and sitting down and watching them. And when you have a little bit on the line, like I did with the Browns plus 10, I told you they went off at, at, at plus eight, but I played them at the end of the week plus 10. Um, you just get this sense, you know, at some point, like, do I have a chance or not? And 
I never thought I had a chance. <laughs> and and when and when Baker Mayfield opened up the second half already trailing 19 to 3 and he gets picked off by Honey Badger by Teron Matthew, it's like, okay, uh I can go do something else now until the Bucks Saints game begins cuz this one is over. And as it turns out, and this is the great thing about sports, but really the NFL is the craziness was just about to begin. Because I don't I can't imagine that anybody watching this game thought when Mayfield threw the pick to open up the second half at 19 to 3 that there was any chance Cleveland had of winning the game or even covering. You know, because I was convinced it was about to be 26 to 3 and we were headed to like 40 to 10. That there was no chance. And it hurt a little bit because in the first half, I thought Cleveland made some plays. And, you know, we'll get to the Higgins play at the end of the first half, the fumble for the touchback and the missed call and the helmet-to-helmet the helmet on Sorensen. But it was over, except that it wasn't because Butker misses a 33-yard field goal. The Browns decide, hey, we can run the football. Let's start running the football. And before you know it, it's 19-10, to 10, and then Mahomes gets hurt. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Chad Henney's in the game. And it's 20. Now, they got a field goal after Mahomes got hurt. But then it was on, and and there was just so much to the game. I don't know where you want to start. If you want to go chronologically, you want to start with the end of the half, the Higgins fumble into the end zone for the touchback? I think you got to start with the end of the game. Fine. Let's start with the end of the game then. I just I don't I don't think you buried the lead on this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, dude. First of all, that run by Henny. I know. Come on. Third and fourteen after he takes a sack. And by the way, how much trust they had in Henny to come out throwing the ball a little bit? Second and eight, time. they threw it. They the threw last it on two second drives, and eight. It, second eight, they throw it. But how smart is it by Henny to just take the sack? You're fine. Just take the sack. It's not the end of the world. You can punt there. You don't want to throw an incomplete pass. That's for nope. sure. Don't want to stop the clock. Don't want to throw a pick. It's fine. You take the sack. He comes out. He gets the third and 14 scramble. Romo's going ballistic, which I'm not buying totally. And then it's fourth and one. Dude. What do you mean you're not buying? You thought Romo was t- to what? Do you think he was really that excited about Henny? I don't know, man. If I can tell is, you this. He's awesome. I, I can tell you this. They are by far and away the best of the number one crews. And Not I even kn- close. And I know that, you know, for some, Romo is a little bit too much or whatever. Um, the, the number one crews have gone down in my eyes. And they, in terms of somebody who really knows and can tell you what's going on, Romo is is great. And Nance is a, is a perfect, you know, play-by-play for him. But the Henny, Cooley, Cooley, first of all, on that drive, okay, they threw the ball. Keep in mind, Cleveland does not have any timeouts. It's second and eight with 2.30 to go, and they drop him back to throw. Like Andy Reid, let's let's call it what it was. Andy Reid was treating the end of that game as if Patrick Mahomes was still in the game. And I loved that. I'm going to tell you why I didn't on the fourth down here momentarily, but I didn't – obviously he knows Henny better than we do, and he was going to win the game on offense with Henny. 
So I don't oh, have yeah. a, I don't have a problem with that. But the second and eight, I think, was more surprised. Well, they both were surprising because the second and eight snap, you know, that gets you to third and something at the two minute warning. And but they went for the first down there, and he gets sacked. So now you're third and fourteen at the two. And you're mi- going probably should have handed it off there. And on the third and fourteen, I'm thinking at that point they are definitely going to run the football here. They're going to almost sitting there telling you, well, they're they're 100 throwing. Patrick Mahomes is in the game. Second and eight, they're throwing. Third and fourteen, they're throwing. No. Probably run it here. Nope, it's a throw. Drop back pass. Oh, there's no doubt with Mahomes in the game, they're throwing to get the first down to win the game. But with Henny in the game, what did you think on the third and fourteen? I thought they were going to run the ball. Maybe run a draw, maybe run a bubble, but they're going to make sure when they punt this thing that there's a minute 20 left and no timeouts and a, a, a significant portion of the field that they're going to have to go to get this thing. Because third and 14 with Henny is what? 10%? 15%? 20%? I guess with Tyree Kill on yeah, the field, I Travis Kill. So. I think so. I, th- I think you're telling Henny just. Don't take a big sack and don't throw an incompletion. Try not to take a big sack. Yeah. And you know, that, if you take a sack for four and it's third and 18, we punt. It's it's the same. I mean, it's it's eight yards difference field position if you were to run it and get three or four. He picks up 13 and a half and leaves them with a fourth and inches. And they, by the way, they did a great job on the spot on the field. I actually thought he got it when I first saw the replay, but then, you know, the elbow down where where the ball what was. What a good spot! It was a great spot, um, as it turned out. Um, it was a great play by him, and it created this incredible situation of fourth and inches from their own forty-eight yard line. Um, after they, you know, did the replay, they they rolled the clock again. So tell me what you were thinking in the moment. No snap, no play. Me too. As was everybody else watching the game, as was the Browns' defense. If that was practiced, just just so we're clear, if that was practiced as fake, no snap, no play, and then run a play, the thought that went into that by Reed is awesome. The situational practicing of something is unbelievable i'm just gonna tell you right now it's it's amazing like and that is the old school joe montana bill walsh west coast sprint right run it so get it to your best receiver the browns didn't expect it they didn't think it was coming i'm sitting here wondering like does andy reed go back how many games and say hey look if we get a critical spot where they think we're gonna just go no snap no play anywhere on it like any time in the game how do the browns prepare for that does their defense look set set against a fourth and one right it right in a situation where you're probably just going to try to draw them I, i don't if that doesn't work that's a disaster so I, what did you think? I don't know if I got the balls to go. I don't know, Kev. <laughs> if, if Andy Reid, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. If Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl last year, he's punting that ball. So do you think he made the right call? Well, yes, but I think there's context to it. I think he understood that he would get the Browns off guard. 
And that that's fair. I think he believed that Henny could make the play. If you're asking that now, is the, if the play's covered, that's a different situation. I mean, let, let's keep in mind. Not only did they snap the ball, they snapped it and threw it. They didn't. It's fourth and inches. Well, it doesn't matter if you run it or throw it. You just have to get the first down. Yeah, I understand that. Clock's going to stop. Yeah, but I mean, inches, it makes no difference. inches, the odds of a QB sneak with a pretty big dude. You know, Henny's a big, big, right? He's like 6'4", and he's he's big and thick. Like, the, he's a pretty decent chance he's going to convert on a sneak. And yet he had him throw it. So let me tell you what I thought, Okay. First of all, I, like you, I was shocked that they snapped the ball. By the way, they snapped it with still six seconds left on the play clock. Well, that's what you have to do. If that was part of the genius behind it, because they, they you know, the the defense is is waiting for them and doesn't want to be drawn off sides and is waiting for the whole thing, you know, gr- kudos to him. Here's my overall thought. First of all, I love whether it's been Sean Payton over the years or Andy Reid over the years. Um, I love and I love and I prefer to win the game on offense. But the context to this is that Kansas City, by snapping that ball, in my opinion, provided Cleveland with their best chance to win the game. That a punt that lands inside the 20, maybe inside the 15, maybe inside the 10 from there, with a minute to go and no timeouts, is a massive long shot to win that game. Like you're talking about best case is probably a Hail Mary at the end. You know, that's if they can get it to midfield or get it into Kansas City territory. But with no timeouts, you know, more likely than not, well inside your 20-yard line and a minute to go, the game is pretty much yours. And what he did there by snapping it and throwing it is he brought all of these, this other stuff into into play. Look, uh-huh. the chances that they're going to make it are, are very high, especially on a sneak. Um, the, but the chances they're going to make it high with you know Tyree Kill and his feeling of the play and the way they set it up are pretty high. But the chance for Cleveland to win the game was for Kansas City to snap it there and for something to go wrong, which it could have with Chad Henney. With Mahomes, I don't think anything's going to go wrong. And with with Mahomes, I absolutely think they're going to snap the ball. With Henny, I I didn't think they would snap the ball. And when they did, I'm like, oh my God, I'm shocked. And then I thought about it, and you know, people just were praising Andy Reid and calling him no other coach would do this. And this is why Andy Reid is Andy Reid. And I get it. And I love Andy Reid trying to win games rather than playing not to lose games. But I think here in this particular intri- situation. I think he should have punted it because yeah, I mean, there could be here. First of all, let me just give you this. Every, almost every quarterback can make this throw sprint, right? At a gun. Mm-hmm. You're trusting that Henny can make the throw. So what you're saying, if you're Andy Reed is does Tariq Hill separate or what are they, what's the coverage here? You get the Browns lined up in straight man to man, man to man. And then you get your guy Hill Hill, Lined up on MJ Stewart Jr. in the slot. Yeah, he was in the There's slot. a chance, Kev, that you could have a no snap, no play, or a delay a game. Or you could tell your quarterback and your guys, if we get the look we want, we're running the play. Sure. But that's not what they said afterwards. They said they were running the play. 
they decided. Because remember, with the replay on the spot, on the scramble. I'm not telling anybody that I might check out of that. Okay, that's fine. That's that's fair. But they um, they had a lot of time there because they replayed the spot on the scramble by Henny. Sure. The other genius to this is you think the no snap, no play play might work next week? <laughs> uh, all, I, all I'm you saying go with to you, hard, you go with the hard count, and you're you better be ready to play it. All I'm saying to you is a punt pretty much won the game. Would have won the game too. Pretty much, unless Matt Stafford's back there. <laughs> unless Matt Stafford, I mean, or Drew Brees. I'll tell you what. You know what? I've been impressed with Mayfield the last you know couple of months. Made some throws in this game, Kev. Made some really good throws in this game. They had the ball down 22-17. I thought there, you know, Stefanski's challenge on the Tyreek Hill thing yeah. cost them a timeout. I actually didn't have as much of an issue with that because they had missed an opportunity to challenge earlier in the game on a catch. The one that killed them was you know, you know. After the, by the way, let's let's not forget that Henny had thrown a ball into the end zone to like four Cleveland Browns waiting for it, and Carl Joseph intercepted right. it. So that's another reason that, that I didn't was, think they were like, "What snap are you it. doing?" Right. That was another reason I didn't think they would snap it. But the the really bad timeout by Stefanski was when they on fourth and one. When yeah. They, you you pick it up with Mayfield on a sneak, and you, you gotta. You got to have a play. You can't be burn a timeout there. It's not like you're waiting for receivers to come back from the other end of the field and it costs you time and you didn't get the, the personnel. That's a fourth and one sneak. You got to you got to have a play and they ended up burning their second timeout there, which by the way, you know, also kind of ruined their momentum a little bit. And I, I, I you know, several people tweeted me um and said, "Would you have gone for the fourth and nine with like 420 or something left?" If Mahomes was on the other side of the e- field. Exactly. Yeah. I would have considered it with Mahomes because they were down to one timeout. They might timeout. have a better chance to win there. Yeah. And you know what? And and if you don't get it, then you have a short field where maybe you give up a field goal, but you're only down eight. So I would sure. have, with Mahomes on the other side, on fourth and nine, definitely. But fourth and nine from your own 32, 420 to go in Henny, I would not have um, gone for it. But I um, – that was a ter- – uh, Also, I don't like the play. I don't like Baker throwing that check down there on that third and 14 or whatever it was. I don't remember the play. Was It was third and long it, because um, – It was a play that preceded it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. The third down play with Baker. Yeah. He I, didn't, I thought he got rid of it too quick. Okay. I thought he got rid of the ball too quick. And I think Romo is talking about he had pressure in his face. But I thought he needed to move and try to make a, a play down the field there yeah. or run. Are they? He got way too quick to the check down, and maybe you're hoping the check down gets you to a fourth and five. Yeah. But I thought he got rid of that ball too quick. For a guy that's become that's really kind of a gunslinger that that makes those types of throws. I'm looking at the play right now. I really think he did get some immediate pressure um, right off the uh, the, the the defense. It was a third and eleven. It was third and 11. He got immediate pressure, but you're right. He could have stepped to the left and maybe even made a big play with his legs. I I guess, I mean, on Mayfield, I think what I – I was not a fan at all. I Like, I thought this had bust – this is why you just got to wait on quarterbacks, man. You just got to wait 
on quarterbacks. Sometimes it takes the right coach. It, sometimes it just takes the right scheme, the right coach, the whole thing. Um, he made some big plays in that game, but that I really did think when they got the ball back off that interception, they were going to go down and take the lead. I thought Kansas City was in deep, deep trouble. And it really was the best of this weekend when you have a heavily favored you know, team at home. And that there were, there were fans at Arrowhead. There were fans at Lambeau this weekend. There were fans in Orchard Park. There were fans at Arrowhead. And you could hear them. Oh, um, yeah. Which was kind of cool the whole weekend. But um, I thought the Browns were going to go down and win. And obviously it would have been Mahomes' injury that cost them the the uh, the the win, but uh, it was it was a compelling you know hour when when Mahomes got hurt and it's nineteen to ten and then they make it twenty two seventeen and then they get an interception you're like wow the Chiefs may be out the Browns may be playing the Bills in the AFC title game anyway there were other things from this game I mean earlier. they made some plays too gosh that Hooper catch on fourth and oh, two that was a great Whoa. catch. Great catch. That was they had a couple of fourth down conversions on that drive, right? I know. Um, so the uh let's go back to the first half on the on the play um on the uh Higgins fumble into the end zone. Uh, mm. here's the here's my bottom line. I stop doing that. Okay, stop trying to (laughs) reach the ball out and extend the ball to the pylon unless it's fourth down or the clock is going to expire and you have no other choice. It's just stupid. And the well-coached teams in this league rarely do it. Belichick, apparently, nobody does it on New England's team. Like, this is a major point of emphasis. We are going to protect the ball at all costs because the reward is nowhere near the, you know the, the the risk is nowhere near worth the reward of that. You've got first and goal inside your own one. Stop it. We see it all the time. It won't he won't be the last. They just they need to score. They need to score. And I had people say, you're playing the Chiefs. You're playing Mahomes. You, it's going to be first and goal and inside the one-yard line. Was, there, was a, there was plenty of time left. Minute 50. By the way, if, if, if anything, it would have benefited him not to score, and they could have taken some more time off the clock because Mahomes is going to score on the other end after you score. But anyway, protect the ball at all costs unless you don't have a choice. Now, for those that say – um, th- that it's a stupid rule. Uh, okay, fine, but it is the rule. It's so, the rule. It's the rule. Now, there's no doubt that Sorensen went helmet to helmet with Higgins. I it- don't. I think there's doubt. You do. I here's what I hate. Okay, just so we're clear. Yeah. Higgins is not defenseless. He is going to score if Sorensen doesn't throw his body. And if you watch this 10 times in a row in slow motion, of course his helmet gets into the play. But he is trying to turn and throw his right shoulder with his right arm as hard as he can, and he turns his body. Right. Completely, Sorensen completely turns his body. They do hit helmet to helmet. I understand that. I'm not going to argue that with you. But that is a football play by Sorensen. That is a big-time football play by Sorensen. Well, to- I got no problem whatsoever with the hit. If you make that a penalty, it's Kev. It's it changes the game. And here's the other thing: 
I, I would tell Sorensen to make that play every single time because you're preventing a touchdown. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he's going. You're in. still preventing a touchdown. You have no choice but to make that type of tackle. Yeah, and by the way, if you do get flagged and the ball doesn't scoot through the end zone for a touchback, it's half the distance to the goal. Like it's it's you're going to get a six inch penalty called against you at the end of that play. Here, so ESPN's been doing a pretty good job on ESPN.com. Kevin Seifert, who's one of my favorite writers on ESPN.com, has been doing this thing throughout the playoffs about the controversial calls and and going back and explaining them and, and looking at the rules. So, obviously, the, the touchback rule, that was correctly called. If you don't like the rule, whatever. They're not. That's the rule. That was a touchback. Stop extending the ball out to the pylon on a play that's going to result in a first and goal inside the one yard line. It's just. It's a stupid risk to take. Um, the play. Uh, the Sorensen lowering his helmet. Okay, is according to the the referees uh, that he talked to a clear violation of the rule the NFL instituted in 2018. Um, where uh, you're leading with your you're lowering your helmet and leading with that helmet to initiate contact. However, however, only 40 penalties for the entire season were called on that. It is such a bang bang call and so hard for the officials to call that. So it's not unusual that that did that 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 wasn't called this year. You know, in in hundreds and hundreds of games, you had it called 40 times. I bet it happened 500, 400 times this year. So it's not it's not something that, that that they pick up on a lot. And I don't have a problem with that. That's a football play. To your, I agree with you on that. But I do think it was a penalty. But I'm less upset that that it wasn't called, and more upset with the whole notion that somehow the penalty caused the touchback. No. What caused the touchback was him extending the ball out, because if he if he tucks that ball away and gets hit, he's just going. He's, he's being hit out of bounds. If that ball's in, one. if that ball's you know in his uh, tucked under his right arm and tucked away, he's not fumbling the ball through the end zone. He fumbled the ball through the end zone because he was hit hard, but the ball was extending out in, towards the end zone. In the history of football, that's an amazing defensive play. That's an idiotic offensive play that's hard because instincts tell you to reach the ball out. Uh, Kev, though, if that's a penalty, the Browns keep the ball. Yeah, exactly. The Browns keep the ball. The Browns keep the ball right there. Right at the spot of the foul. Well, no, actually, if that is called a penalty. It's from the spot of the foul. I think it it, it would have been first and goal from the – Three-inch line. That that doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me that it would be. I guess I guess you're right. It wouldn't be the Chiefs' ball at the twenty. Obviously, um, yeah. No, no you're the right. Chiefs would have never got the ball. Yeah, the it would have been helmet yeah, to helmet. Exactly. Caused the that's fumble. Right. Then that's right. The Browns would have kept the ball. Yeah. I just didn't. I personally don't think that it was um, a helmet to helmet. Or, I, I, I don't think it's a hit on a defenseless receiver. I, look, the helmet-to-helmet stuff, I think it's almost got it to be really purposeful, like a, a spearing type of deal. 
where I think Sorensen is not attempting to go helmet to helmet there. He's doing anything he can possibly do to make a tackle yeah. to save Agreed. Wiggins or to keep Wiggins from getting into the end zone. And Wiggins is clearly able to defend himself in that situation. Helmet is going to hit other helmet on 60% of tackles to some extent. It just is. Because this is an impactful play doesn't mean we should have called it. Right. But technically, by rule, that is a penalty on Sorensen. It just doesn't get called a lot. Right. So maybe. And it's not reviewable. I think you got to amend the rule to helmet to helmet with the intent of spearing or the intent of lowering the crown of the head to hurt, to injure. Or the, the, the rule's really iffy. They made the right call. Okay. There's, there's just, I think you have to understand there's gray area and we'll write that rule because that makes moms feel good about football for their little kids. But <laughs> he lowers his head. Cool. But that's a football. He play lowers his head and goes he in. He can't not lower his head. Wiggins went down. No. Okay. He... Wiggins went down. He lowered his body in a diving attempt. What do you want to do? How do you get your body down without your head down? Look, I hate this. Explain that to me. I hate this. Get your body down without lowering your head. It's impossible. He goes in helmet first, period. He goes in. So should he have thrown his hip in there? I think he's just the the head's got to come up and he's got to use his the rest of his body and his arms. We're just giving up a touchdown. (laughs) Well, this is the hardest position to play. I I love what Sorensen did. It should have been called. It was fine. I loved it. Um, And that said. That said, Higgins, st- d- st- players, stop doing this. You if need to know. Fourth and goal, sure. Understand the situation. Understand. If, they're th- if it's, that's the last play of the half and it's three seconds left or it's fourth down, of course. But not on a play that you pick up 25 yards and it's going to be first and goal inside the one. And you cannot convince me that Sorensen caused the fumble. I mean, caused the the touchback. He may have caused a fumble, but it would have been a fumble out of bounds with a player going out of bounds had the player tucked the ball away. And if he had tucked it away, the helmet would have hit wouldn't have hit the ball. So it, it just anyway. Um, the the other thing from this game, which was unfortunate from Cleveland's standpoint, was and actually there were two players this weekend. It was really unfortunate to see. Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald basically both really didn't and couldn't play at the level that they're used to playing at. That was unfortunate. You know, they finally just went to Garrett on pass situations only. Aaron Donald was a shell of what he was last week before he got hurt. He probably could not move. Couldn't move. And I, and I felt awful because and I actually thought the Rams still at times were okay. Um, but they played way too passively, I thought, without Donald. You know, they just relied on their front four um, to get pressure until they finally came with some pressure in the second half. But we'll get to that game uh, coming up here. But any other thoughts on Browns Chiefs? The, the better team won. No doubt. And, oh, well, what we didn't talk about is the Mahomes play. Oh, I didn't. He's He ain't playing next week. You don't think he's playing? Dude, he did not go out. Here's here's what I think. Just on basic past history with that type of hit and that type of reaction. You go out cold, it's the best thing. You get up not out cold, wobbly, and out of sorts, not good. Why? It just I don't know why. It's just it's better to be knocked out, out completely. Cold, 
If they go out, yes. 100%, I'm not, this is... Is this a neurologist? Trainers, you can ask any trainer around the league, ask any, but we've talked about this. You go out, lights out, take a little nap, better. You get up, out of sorts, not good. He ain't playing this week. I'll bet you he does not clear. And if he does, it's questionable. You know, the team can't clear him. It's an independent neurologist that does this. The league doesn't clear him. The team doesn't clear him. The league has independent neurologists in these situations that either clear the player or not. There's no, there isn't supposed to be any influence from anybody. Now, what you heard from uh, Andy Reid and others is that they didn't think it was a concussion. They thought that he, you know, got sort of choked around the neck, which made him wobbly. But the way he got up, I mean, he looked out on his feet, even though he was trying to get up. I mean, he looked like a, 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 you know, a boxer trying to get up. And so, and and if you're officiating that fight, you're stopping it right there. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, you're not. You're not letting this guy continue. Um. I have no idea if he'll play or not. It's going to be, you know. If that was a concussion, not choked by the neck, and he clearly did not clear concussion protocol because if he's choked by the neck, he's going to go in and they're going to ask him what day it is and how many fingers and all the – they're going to do all the little deals. I I mean, he's out. I'm watching it right now. He ain't choked by the neck. He Uh is – Here's the problem. That, that stumble down, he's out. He's out. Here's the problem I have. He's not out cold. The problem I have is he was already injured in this game. He injured his foot. He was limping around. Why is Andy Reid running a sprint option on third and one where, where Mahomes potentially keeps it and gets hit again? He's already, you know, we've already seen him not at 100%. He, he had a foot injury during this game. It's third and one. First of all, Williams is is making yards. Th- secondly, the Chiefs on third and one with Mahomes throwing it, it's like a ninety five percent, ninety eight percent make. Why? Well, he got the first down, didn't he? No, they came up short. <laughs> he came up short. And, Actually, he did. And and Henny's first play was th- them going for a fourth down in their own territory. I, he did come up short. You're right. He's out. I'm watching this. Why, he can't why, even walk. He why, ain't choked. Don't you think, I mean, it was a little bit, they didn't have to run this shit. What's weird is his head never hits the ground. Yeah, it's never a, a direct head hit shot. That that was, yeah, I, when we saw the replay, I'm like, where's the head shot that knocked him out? I mean, these things are weird in the way they happen. Who knows? Um, it was, anyway, that game really was interesting. And God, I hope Mahomes is available to play in the AFC title game. Because, you don't want to see Henny just roll? Well, I just think that, you know, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, I have a feeling we're going to see that a few times in the next few years. He did get up and jog off the field. He jogged in through the locker room. He was sprinting. He, he moved through the locker room. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the two Saturday games when we come back, right after this word from one of our sponsors. Jackson stays in the block. Jackson fires, and that will be intercepted in the end zone by Johnson. Karen Johnson, and only Jackson can stop him now. Too late to the end zone. Touchdown. 
Teron Johnson, 101-yard interception return on a third and goal, and that was pretty much it. The next drive, Lamar Jackson took a snap way over his head. The snap, the center had issues all night long, ended up getting concussed as he chased that ball down in the end zone, and the Ravens lose 17-3 in a weird game, Cooley, um, start to finish. First of all, the wind was really wreaking havoc. Um, in this game. I mean, you had four missed field goals, two by a Hall of Fame kicker in Justin Tucker, um, which, by the both way... Both uprights. Yeah, but which... Both uprights. Both hit, hard to do. Hard to do. Um, those, were mi- those were huge misses, too, in the game um, because I really felt like it could have changed, you know, the way... I mean, he missed two field goals in the first half. It could have been 9-3. Now, Buffalo missed two also, one in the first half. Anyway, um, the wind was wreaking havoc on the game. Um... Both defenses were outstanding in this game, and this was the first game we've watched the Bills in three months where they really didn't look the same offensively the way they have looked, which has been unstoppable. Because the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. Yeah, but they also just... If you were to sit here and say, look, Allen missed a couple throws that he doesn't miss. They, they, he did. They, why didn't they try to – there there was one point in the first half where it was 16 throws and one run. They, yeah, they hadn't run it. They, they, I mean, this is a team that was rolling up. They had 220 yards of offense. They were terrible on third down. I mean, they made enough plays. Um, I thought, you know, they, they benefited significantly, significantly from penalties uh, to the Ravens. Um, big, you know, Ravens had way too many penalties in this game. I, um, I had the Ravens, so I'm watching this through the lens of, I just need them not to lose. Can we lose by three? You know, the 10, three drive is a really good drive. The third and 13 or wherever, uh, with it, that Jackson picks up on a run. And I'm like, all right, this is the drive and the third and goal play Cooley. Like you're fine kicking a field goal there. You can't force that. Like, what do we think of Lamar Jackson? Like, he's 1-3 and three in the playoffs. You know, when he has to make a third down throw without extending the play and creating time from the pocket, especially, it just doesn't always go well. I love him, and I love the way they play, and I love the way they committed to playing with him a couple of years ago. But can they win with him? You keep saying you think they can front run their way to Yeah, I do. I think they can. The Super Bowl. I mean the problem is is once they really have to pay him, they can't surround him the way they've been surrounding him. That was a good football team this year. That was a good defensive football team. That was a team with backs. You know, one they got in the second round in Dobbins. You know, Hollywood Brown's really becoming a legitimate deep threat, something they haven't had there. Mark Andrews is a baller that Doyle got hurt earlier in this year. Boyle, Nick Boyle got hurt earlier. Andrews is really good. Really good. Andrews is really, really good. So why are they out? Yeah, I mean, look, he's got to be able to just – he's got to make better decisions. And here's the thing. First of all, you got to credit Buffalo. Had nine runs for 34 yards in this game. Jackson. You hold Jackson under 50, 
you're probably winning the game. No doubt. They really did. I thought he wasn't very decisive, as decisive as he usually is. I also thought on a lot of the uh, a lot of the the read options that he, uh, that he kept, they were big mistakes. It was I, almost like they were waiting for him and they and Gus Edwards was going to get 4 or 5 yards, Jake, you know, on every single keep, on every single give if he had just kept it with Edwards. Looked like a night for him to play decoy the whole night. So true. I mean, you're talking about the third and thirteen. The first and goal, he fumbles the snap and bad snaps and all night. Bad long. snap, and he takes off and tries to run it. And maybe Edwards or, or I, th- I think it was, I think it was Edwards in there. I don't think it was Dobbins. Maybe he gets tackled for two. But gosh, I mean. When you're when they're playing the edges like that and playing him the way they did, you don't have to win the game yourself running the ball. Give it. Uh, I mean, yeah. and then yeah, like you said, that they're down ten three. They're gonna make it ten six going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, you, you can't, you cannot turn it over. And by the way, I thought he made a poor effort chasing. Um, uh, chasing Johnson down, like I, how is it that Lamar Jackson didn't catch Johnson by taking? He cut inside, like he took a terrible angle on the tackle. He just decided he was never going to run through White. He just had to, all he had to do was play over the top of White. All right, I'm going to be really liberal on my quarterback tackling skills here. So the problem is, is that that cost him the game because if he can somehow stop him, then Baltimore's defense has proven that they can hold him to maybe three or maybe nothing, you know, at that point. And it's still a ball game. Um, but it's a weird, it's a weird attempt um by by Jackson. I just pulled it up. I'm looking at it again. And I mean that's Lamar Jackson. I mean he's the he's the fastest guy on the field and he he sort of gives up. Sort of gave up on it. Well he had a chance. Yeah. He just made the wrong decision to play through the block. The the thing that's just wild is he's done this all year where it's third and goal and he's you don't have it. Like he he didn't have it. No. They had a bracket right there on Andrews. Yep. And Johnson's really bracketing Andrews spying Lamar. He's probably not gonna run for a touchdown there. But you got to understand, in this type of game, the win the way it is, the offense, the Buffalo's playing, that's where some of these guys that – you talk about Tom Brady, he knows he doesn't have – field goal's good here. Yeah. Field goal's fine here. Field goal is fine there. You have answered their long drive, which was a very impressive drive to take a 10-3 lead to open up the second half, and you have answered by keeping the ball for uh, – how long was that drive? Hold on here for a second because it was long. 15 plays, 66 yards, 8 minutes and 48 seconds. So you have answered, you've you, you've refreshed your defense, you've kept Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on, on, on the sideline, and okay, uh, we kick a field goal, it's a 10-6 game. You know, there there might be an there might be a chance to win this game 12 to 10 with two more field goals. This is the kind of game this is. You know, but, so 
It's funny because they, you know, at seventeen three, the backup quarterback, the guy Huntley, um, that came in had had uh, had Brown wide open on that fourth down. That was play. a throw Allen missed, and Allen had missed yeah. that exact same throw earlier. And you could see Huntley's reaction, like, Ugh. "How did I miss that throw?" That would have been awesome to get it. He was to surprised. He was surprised he missed the throw. Yeah. So you could tell the wind picked that. I mean. That was a heck of a route by Hollywood Brown on that. Like you, throw. like you said, I mean, Kansas, Huntley gave him a chance. It was Huntley wasn't terrible. He gave him a chance. Kansas City was the better team. You know what? Buffalo was a better team than Baltimore, and they are a better team than Baltimore. And Baltimore, it, I think, is really good defensively. I think they were very well coached defensively. I thought it was very interesting on a windy night how Buffalo basically decided not to run the football. But you know what? If you watch Baltimore last week hold Derrick Henry to 40 yards, you probably said, I don't really care. Um, we can't run the ball. And, you know, Cooley, that's like a whole other conversation. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine um, via text during this game Saturday night. And he's like, you just can't, you can't win just throwing the football. you got to run the football. I'm like, nah, that's just not true. Now, Buffalo wasn't generating a lot of offense with a with an unbalanced you know run pass ratio, they ended up with one of the worst offensive days of, of the year for them. Um, <clears throat> but you know if they had lined it up and run Singletary a bunch of times at two point five yards per carry, they weren't going to win that way either. Um, no, your best player, uh, your two your two best players, you decided you'd feature and you'd go down with them even if it meant without balance against a good defensive team because Baltimore was just outstanding in their run defense the week before. I mean, they had been outstanding in their run defense the whole final few weeks of the season. Like, nobody was running the ball against them. Nobody was. Well, Um, the other dude was out. The other back was out for the Bills. uh, Which back was out for the Bills? um, the, The other guy that's a rookie this year. Oh yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah. Singletary. Yeah, I you know I love Singletary, but yes, I do too. But the other guy's been great since um, he came in midway through the season. What's his name? Uh, Zach Moss, the guy from Utah. Yeah, Moss. Yeah, from Moss Utah. was out. Yeah, he was out. Um, uh, look, I mean, and Allen's Allen a big Allen's a big to runner make enough for them. Plays. Yeah, yeah, but he only I mean he only had three yards in this game. I know. He didn't even you know, last week with, against the Colts. He ran five quarterback draws in the field. Right, that was weird. Look again. The crazy thing about the AFC is it's clear that the two best teams are in the championship game. No doubt. The t- the certainly, and I think it's right now in the NFC. It's it's hard to debate that the two best teams aren't in the championship as well. I agree. The Tampa stumbled through the middle of the season a little bit. I agree with some banged up receivers. I mean, there was a point where Scotty Graham was their number one guy. My Super Bowl, my preseason Super Bowl pick was Tampa, Kansas City. Um, you're, you're getting pretty close. You're not going to get that one, though. Um, but, mine, uh, was, mine was New Orleans, Kansas City. And I, as I watched the New Orleans game, after I watched Green Bay, which we'll talk about, I, I didn't think New Orleans could have beaten Green Bay. I had KC over Baltimore and Tampa over Seattle in the championship games. And I've got KC over Tampa Bay. I actually think Green Bay is going to win. That's my my first blush on that game is it just seems to be an Aaron Rodgers kind of a year and we'll get to that game in a moment but um 
Uh, Baltimore, you know, it's it's just interesting where they are. You know, you said they're going to have to make the decision on him. They can't they can't win a Super Bowl until he starts throwing the ball more efficiently. And here's why I believe that. Because you're look at look at the defenses right now as you get to this point in the playoffs. Other than Kansas City. Who who's not? I, I mean, it's not they're not the worst defense in the league. But look at the defenses. When you talk about the Rams, Packers are good defense. Saints Really good defense. Tampa, really good defense. Buffalo, good defense. I mean, you're going to play against elite defenses. And the thing is, is other than the Rams, you're going to, who used to be good on offense, you're playing against teams that are good on both sides of the ball. And I just don't think when you're playing against a really good defense with an offense that can score a little bit, that you can front run your way to a Super Bowl. I, 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 I don't. I think it's hard. The best chance is, I mean, being the one seed, there's a better shot. Do one you, less game. To do, you know, do you know this guy is 34 in 12 in games that he has started in the regular season? Jackson. I do know that. <clears throat> and let's let's also call it what it is. A lot of the reasons for those wins have been Jackson. I mean, and a lot of those wins have been runaway front running wins. But I don't want to suggest to you that he's not a Great player. They won last and week because of defense, suggest- but because of him. And they came from behind last week against Tennessee. Uh-huh. I I don't know. I don't have an answer on this one. I mean, obviously, if you told me. He's I not could- going to front run his way to multiple Super Bowls. Let me just put it to you that way. If it happens to be one, then it'll be well-deserved. I think it's really hard to front run your way to a Super Bowl when you can't throw the ball efficiently and he cannot we you understand that i think a lot of people have a hard i think he makes more plays as, of, i think he makes I, more plays as a thrower than we're giving him credit for i don't want to say that he's he does he he can't i'm telling you right now he can throw the ball really well he can throw the ball accurately he can't throw the ball efficiently throughout a game throughout a course of a four game span Against great defenses. The other side of this, that's not how Baltimore's built. Right. That is the other side of it. That's <laughs> not the way they're built. They're not built in the red zone on third and nine. They're they're built for him to run it on third and nine. I mean, how many third and sevens, third and eights, and third and nines do they pick up with his legs? But he you know, the, he's at his best throwing it when he's off schedule throwing it. And it's harder to be that was that was really a painful throw. Um, that was a painful throw. That was a stare down throw. Ball game over. Can't make that throw if you're going to be a a winning postseason quarterback. You have to you have to develop beyond that. You've got to understand. And by the way, the play before that, he's got Brown open. If he can just create a little bit more time off that um, number fifty five, Hughes's. Um, yeah, Hughes is a good player. They're really quick defensively, very quick. Um, uh, by the way, Kansas City, remember that game? I, I'll never forget that game earlier this year because that was that game played either on a Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon. These games are, are rematches from earlier in the season. 
And Kansas City played the Bills in that game. And the most amazing thing about that game is Buffalo played soft and Kansas City just ran it. Like they're like, really? You're only going to keep six in the box? Uh, We're just going to run it. We're going to run it on every single play. And Edwards Alaire, remember, had that massive game. I'm pulling it up right now because I want to know exactly what the numbers were. Because I remember thinking, wow, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they don't care. They're just going to do whatever, you know, whatever the defense shows them. And wherever their weakness is, that's what they'll attack. Here it is. Uh, in that game, they won it 26-17 to over Buffalo. Uh, 46 carries, 245 yards on the ground. Edwards Alaire, 26 for 161. Mahomes had 10 carries for 36 yards. Mahomes also threw it for 225 and two touchdowns. But they dominated. What was the time of possession in this game? 37-45 to 22-15. They ran 73 plays to the Bills' 50. Uh, the, the, you know, the Bills are, have some good team speed. I guess that was one of those games where they're like, you know what, Tyree Kill's really, really good, but we're not going to let him just sort of take this game over. We're going to make you run it forever and then see if we can hold you to some field goals in the red zone. Right. Um. You're right. Two best teams in the AFC. Two best teams. Hopefully Mahomes will be ready. Let's get to this final game and a few Washington football notes when we come back right after this word from one of our sponsors. Play fake here, though. Rodgers going for it all. Looking to break it open. He's got it. Going to go. Touchdown, Green Bay. And that touchdown pass from Rodgers to Lazard basically ended the game. The Rams made it a game. It was. It, it, it's funny, Cooley. It wasn't identical to the Cleveland Kansas City game, but the score was nineteen to ten, as it was in that game. There was a point in which it seemed like the Rams had no chance, and then there they were in the fourth quarter, down twenty five eighteen with the ball. And I'm like, come on, because I had them plus seven. Um, so I'm like, just please get it down the field, burn some clock. It'd be great to tie it. Uh, but And I actually had a little bit of faith after they – because I thought the Rams offensively weren't as bad as I thought the potential existed. I actually thought Goff at times was decent. Um, and Akers, you know, had a decent game. Um, but they just couldn't stop. The Packers, who you know rolled up nearly 500 yards of offense, they were 75 percent on third down. Um, Rodgers is playing at a ridiculously high level. He's unbelievable. He's just the thing with Rodgers. The release is so quick mm. and accurate with big time velocity and ability to get the ball down the field from like the tightest little pocket, tightest little window. I mean, he makes a throw backed up in the end zone and you're just like, God, he just, it just flicks it out. Here it is. It's out. No one does that, man. This was an interesting game because the Rams battled back in a couple spots. Like I think if you're a real Rams fan, this was a really hard game to watch. Really hard game to watch because the Rams are down what sixteen three, and they get they come down the field and they end up scoring. Big yeah. touchdown, yeah. And then Rodgers takes them down <clears throat> the field and two minute drill right before the half, and they get three. Two minute drill. It was the thirty second drill. 
Well, you call it, it under, two minute I know, drill. but okay. it was under you, 30 seconds. Hey, guys, we're going to practice the two-minute drill, and then after that, we're going to practice the 30-second drill. It's amazing. Like, I knew when they scored the touchdown, and I was thrilled that they scored that touchdown. By the way, I thought Van Jefferson did a really nice job for Cooper Cup. I was a big fan of his at Florida. But I was yeah. like, you know, my, my son and I are watching the game, and my son loves Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, do you think they'll go for it? I'm like, there are 29 seconds left. Of course they're going to go for it. And he's going to get them in field goal range. You know, this is going to be Mason Crosby with a chance to make it 19-10 at the half. And that's exactly what it was. That's what it was. But then they come out and they score in the opening drive of the third quarter. Easy. Yeah, went right down the field. Easy. And now it's 25-10 and the game's over again. Um, By the way, stupid to go for two there. They were chasing points. In that game, I don't know why they thought, you know, uh, like t- take t- take twenty six ten. There's nothing wrong with twenty six ten up sixteen. You think the Rams? No, none. And, and don't you think you're going to score again? I felt the same way, by the way, about the Browns down nineteen to three. Like I had a friend of mine go, "Oh, they missed out. They they should have gone for two there, right, Sheehan? And Romo and, and Nance were debating it. I'm like, no, they're nine and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Do you really think the Chiefs aren't going to score again? Do you really think like this is a 19-3 game where it's two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, and it's 19-19? No. You, you, unless you are absolutely convinced you've got like three or four different two-point conversion plays that are going to work. And by the way, the Rams had a great one on that little uh, – my fa- Literally my new favorite play of the year. <laughs> that was so well schemed up by McVay. Um, but uh, – Nice take on the college play, isn't it? It is. It's a little, little bubble, and then the bubble says, whoop, hold on, let me flip it to my running back who will go in untouched. You know, that's a great two-point play, but my gosh. If that, Fourth if you and get goal that play from the, the one. <laughs> if you get that play in the field, yeah, that could go – that could go a long ways, buddy. Well, I mean, just any you know situation where you've got to get yards, like that's a great third, fourth and two play, or you know, that's a great first and fifteen play. <laughs> yeah, if you're like down down twenty five to ten, you you you're trying to find a way to create points. Yeah, that's a great early down and distance play. So that'll. I wonder, you know, I'm sure he saw that somewhere because yeah. that's where it all comes from. I want to find where that came from, but that's a great little play. You know, look, Aaron Rodgers is just overwhelming. I'm watching this game, and there's some plays like he he runs a keeper, the keeper game, and then he did this two or three times where he just got it out in the flat to Tanyan. Yeah. And there's one where he gets it out of the flat to Tanyan. He's rolling right, and we've watched all the keepers. We watched this last year with Dwayne, where he's got to do this weird, awkward jump backwards throw and stuff. Rodgers just flicks it with pure velocity uh. on Tanyan in perfect accuracy, where normally that little down flat's going to be a three-yard gain, and it's thrown perfectly to turn Tanyan up the field. Rodgers doesn't <laughs> hesitate. He's got so much velocity on it. And like, this guy's amazing. He literally is amazing. He is so good. I mean, the pump fake on Floyd down there where he runs it in. Oh, yeah. How do you not bite on that? He's he's right now. He, he's playing at a high level. Three three of these, all four of these guys are. Brady is too. If they were playing anybody but Brady and a defense with playmakers, and the fact that remember Tampa beat them. Tampa Bay – no, I would. I, I think Green Bay would have absolutely annihilated New Orleans. I, I, the, the Green Bay got run by Tampa this year. 
You know, know. Ro- they made Rodgers look average. It, they 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 lost. Who'd they lose to this year? They lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Colts. And they lost to the Vikings in that game where Dalvin Cook, they could not stop the run. And Cook had like 175 yards. I, I, um, I, I really, I don't know. I think this is just this feeling like an Aaron Rodgers year, the way it's going to end with two wins, like Sunday and then in the Super Bowl. And even, even if it's against the Chiefs, there's something about the, the level in which he's playing. And by the way, the other part is this. First of all, since they've gone to, you know, the Shanahan stuff with LaFleur, remember early last year they weren't scoring, they were really struggling, and you could tell Aaron Rodgers was frustrated. Well, this is as good as he's looked throughout his career, number one. Number two is, explain this one to me. Um, Aaron Jones, by the way, is one of the most underrated backs in the league, but I I was talking about this with my son, too. He's like, when did Devontae Adams become like like truly one of the top three, four, five receivers in the game? That's a really good question because the first few years of his career, was Devontae Adams ever considered to be like a potential star in the making? I don't think so. He's almost uncheckable. He is so good and is – Obviously, I mean, I don't want to say a late bloomer because I looked up his stats earlier this morning, and he was having seasons where he was having 75 catches, 74 catches, you know, 12 TDs, 10 TDs. But we didn't really – we didn't think of Devontae Adams until this year, I don't think, as an elite receiver. Would you agree with me on that or not? No, because in 2018, he had 111 receptions. Yeah. And then in 2019, he missed four games and still had almost 1,000 yards. Right. And then this year, he's been unbelievable, and he's missed two games. He's almost uncheckable right now at this point. Devontae Adams is a top-five receiver. No doubt. I mean, like, he's always been good. But, I mean, like, when they had Randall Cobb, you lo- – They like, didn't consider- throw the ball down the field with McCarthy in those last couple of years. That's another part of why Rodgers was so frustrated. Yeah. It was his all, it was the all-nickel-dime offense. Well, he's got – Rodgers had more short throws than anybody. He's got a shitload of weapons. The, the point is, is that this has all come together for him. It's the right coach. It's the right scheme. They can run the football. They can stay balanced. How about this? 36 throws, 36 runs. You know, against the Ram defense that comp- – look, that was not the Ram defense from a week ago because Aaron Donald was really no, not – you don't have the MVP of the league <laughs> yeah, or one you, of the top three players yeah. of the league, <laughs> so it, then you're different. Yeah, so they were not the same defensive team they were last week through the first three quarters. The Aaron Donald injury really did impact the game. There's no doubt about that. But they weren't going to win anyway. And and the last thing I'll just that, say, I mean, there's a debate on that because if Donald makes some of the plays early in the game that he can make, there's a debate. It's certainly Donald not having him is a massive impact. Look, Jared Goff made some throws in this game and made some plays. His balls just diving. Oh my god, he he throws an ugly ball, and man, he's got a broken thumb. There is, I know, there's not no one worse in the league at holding on to the ball as long as he to Jeez. too long. No doubt. How many sacks did he take in this game? It's just so frustrating if you want the Rams to keep it competitive on third downs, how many sacks he takes. He got sacked four times in this game. And they just – 
He got sacked in a critical situation too. Couple down what twenty five eighteen. He took a sack, I think, in a big spot. Yeah, when they had to punt. Um, yeah, second and ten from their own thirty two. They had made a first down. They're you know they're down seven. They got the momentum, and he took a, he took a quick sack. You know, and then he yeah I, he's frustrating. I can't imagine what what's his contract situation. I, it's probably not a good one for the, for the Rams. That you you cannot play this guy. He you can't. He's he's a lower. He's between twenty four and thirty two among starting quarterbacks in the league. I think you're right on that, and I know Sean knows that. What do they do? Because I'm pulling up his contract. No, right. his dead money in 2021 is 65 million. Yeah, you can't you, you can't do anything about it. You you paid him, and you spread that thing out too on the on the. Uh, on on all the uh, the signing and well you've got a and lot. You're of not going to get what you want out of a trade. No. So you, you're going to live with Goff another year, and then, I mean, it's still thirty million dead in 2022. It's a painful situation for them, and they don't have a good cap situation either. If my memory serves me correctly, from looking at that the other day. Um, uh, no, and that was one of the things that I was worried about with the Rams was. You know, what would that cap look like with some of the guys they had to pay? Because they gave up a ton for Ramsey, who's a baller. He, he is a baller. But, but they paid him. They gave up a ton and paid him a ton. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they had to pay Donald a ton. Right. Um, I mean, what, what are they? Sean's, the look, Sean's done a really nice job there. You know, I mean, think 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 about his years there. He gets to the playoffs first year, loses in the first round to the Falcons. The next year he goes to the Super Bowl and loses. The next year, which was last year, they didn't make the playoffs, but they weren't terrible either, right? They were nine and seven last year. Okay, nine and seven. And but then Goff couldn't win games. And then this year, you know, they get to the playoffs as a ten and six team. They beat the you know, the a rival Seattle. Um, in a playoff game and lose to the Packers when they, you know, in I think they're going to lose this game anyway. You know, after watching it, Aaron Donald obviously healthy would have made a difference, but man, like you know, Goff is less than Garoppolo. Like San Francisco's defense was so great last year, and Garoppolo had some good games. Goff, actually, Goff has had some good games, but man, I don't know, man, I, he. He would frustrate the hell out of me if I were a Rams fan. You know, uh, no doubt. If I was the Rams coach, if I was a Rams fan, if I was anything, the Rams are. You know, the other thing Sean's really struggled with is he's lost coaches every single year, dude. How about this Staley getting they, the Chargers they, job? Well, look at what Brandon Staley did with that defense this year. <sighs> I know. Number one defense in the league. But that's a surprise hire, don't you think? I didn't think so. Really? No, I think Staley's really good. And they they were also saying that O'Connell, who was the OC, yeah. is probably going to go with Staley. So he's going to lose so O'Connell as well? So you're probably going to lose O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, if you're O'Connell, Staley's going to say you're the OC with play-calling duties for the Chargers with a baller quarterback. And Sean's going to say, I'm calling the plays here. I can't imagine Sean giving up 
play calling responsibility to keep O'Connell. So now he's got to go find a new OC and a new DC. Yeah. And he's got a problem with his quarterback. He's got a major problem with his quarterback. And I know the the quarterback had a thumb injury, but you're not – they got – look, I say that. They got to a Super Bowl. Goff's had a long enough time to develop. He's either there or he's not at this point. I think he is what he is, and I think your best case is he's the 15th to 20th best quarterback in this league. You know what I'm telling you? Like the Rams could be one of those teams in the market for like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a one-year, you know – they can't. They can't not play golf. Why? I'm because no, you can't, you're right. You're just going to eat a boatload. You're going to eat a boatload, but you, you need got to cut him. But you got to cut him or trade him. Then I don't think you can cut him with your salary cap situation. Well, you. I mean, it's the not playing him is the same as cutting him. No, it isn't because of the acceleration on on the on the on I the guess. bonus money and what it would do to your cap. I mean, I could see them easily being in the market for you know, like uh, like the the Ryan Fitzpatrick one-year deal. I mean, 6-7 million. You know, you give it to him and you're like, "Come on, man. Let's do it." Is would Fitzpatrick be a good uh, you know, West Coast Fitzpatrick's a good any coast. <laughs> He's good on any coast. I mean, they could also be a team that would be potentially going to draft a guy like Mac Jones. Yeah, well, th- you know what? That's really the way to go. You know, th- th- that's that's the way to go. Wait, wait a minute. I thought their picks are gone in the first ra- round. What is their? They are. Yeah, so you're not going to get Mac Jones. The, the, dude, let's not play that just yet. Okay, Drew Locke was a top five guy I know but what my point is is that a rookie quarterback does make sense because of the contract and a a late first early second but um I I gotta see where they're uh yeah they traded their first round pick went to the um went to the to the Jags for Jalen Ramsey I mean look Ramsey is elite I'll tell you they gave up a lot and paid him a lot uh 22 really struggled Hill. Whew. Hill really struggled. That throw to that throw Rodgers made. Well, it was over Hill and the safety yeah. on the run action pass to Lazard. All right. Um, Come on, you guys. They can't compete with that. No, they can't. Hill was expecting help there from Lazard. They're playing quarters on that side. Lazard, or the, the safety wasn't there. He got caught up in the run. First, Where pick- are the Rams? The Rams don't draft until late second. Is that their first pick? Yeah, they've. I mean, they've really, you know, I mean, look, they're, they're, they've had some good seasons. There they were in the, you know, sec, second weekend of the postseason. I mean, you can't. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, if the Rams will make the playoffs next year, Sean McVay is doing a heck of a job. He is, he's doing you're, a heck of a job. You're going to keep losing guys. I know he is, but I mean, he's got an uphill climb. Yeah, he does. Uh, we'll save some of the GM talk, all the GMs that are coming in and being interviewed by Washington for, you know, uh, maybe later in the week. Um, I did um, want to just say this. The the 60 Minutes story on Alex Smith last night, I did record it and watch it. First of all, I don't know why 60 Minutes would run that piece opposite a playoff game on Fox. Like, football fans want to see it, and you can see it in a lot of different ways. Obviously, I didn't have to watch it live. Um, but still, I would have thought that would have been a perfect, you know, uh, piece for, you know, uh, after championship weekend and before Super Bowl. Anyway, Alex Smith in the interview with Nora O'Donnell um, on 60 Minutes said two things. Said, number one, 
that, or it, uh, Nora O'Donnell reported it, that Smith suffered a bone bruise to his surgically repaired leg. Um, it wasn't a calf injury that, you know, sidelined him in the San Francisco game and cost him the Seattle and the Carolina games and then the playoff game last week. It was a bone bruise to the surgically repaired leg. And if you recall, last week, um, Alex Smith did say that the injury was, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, it was more like complex than just a calf injury. Mm -hmm. So obviously, for whatever reason, they didn't want to to say what it was. And then he said at the very end of the interview, in terms of his future, I'm emboldened, you know, by what happened this year. And there was no indication from wife or or Alex Smith that he's going to hang this thing up. Like there, there's more of an indication that he wants to keep playing. So we'll see. Um, I still believe, and I'm not, I'm, I'm out of the business of just predicting on him because I've been wrong at every turn. But I don't think it makes sense for Washington to bring Alex Smith back. I don't. I, 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 I think, know you don't. Yeah, but but what? it does. It does make sense. Why? 14, it's, 13 it's and a half just, million dollars in cap savings. I, I know that, but it, there's still a hit to it. No, it's a savings. You don't have to pay. Is the, it just pure savings? Yeah. It's, 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 it's dead. It's base salary minus dead money equals savings. I mean, you're not going to pay him the base next year. Like he, if he's on this roster next year, unless you restructure and he's willing to restructure and take, you know, a lot less or, Tear up the, the, the what's le- left of the deal. You you know you've got a chance if you release him or if he retires to save big money on the cap. And you know the cap's going down. Washington's in a great p- cap uh, situation. I think everybody understands that. Um, but anyway, uh, I um I, I if you I, cut him post June one, it's even bigger in cap savings. Okay, so. Here's the thing. If you really think that Heineke can play, or you're, you think there's a chance, or you think that there's a chance that Kyle Allen can play, is it the worst thing to have Alex Smith next to him? Or even Alex Smith playing? Matt Stafford. They're not. If he's available, Matt Stafford for a first rounder. Period. If Matt Stafford comes available, shame on Detroit. Uh, uh, we've we've I'm had just that telling you that right now. Okay, that's that's fair. If he's available, Matt Stafford, not Taylor okay. Heineke, okay. not Alex Smith, n- uh, not 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 Kyle Allen. It would be Matt Stafford with Kyle Allen backing him up for eight hundred eight hundred thousand. That would be what I would do. I would also extend Stafford, and. But then you got to pay Stafford a boatload of money. We yeah. just went through this the other day. Yeah, well, I'm going to. You got $43 million in cap space. I understand that. But just, you got to understand that that cap space is going to be eaten up real quick here in the next two two or three years. That's why I'd extend them because the cap is going down this year. But, you know, theoretically, it will jump up significantly once we get through pandemic and fans start coming back and we get new TV deals in the offseason. So, anyway. But, but you're going to eat up the cap. Very quickly, I have another question. It's 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 dovetailing off of this. 
The final four quarterbacks are the three front runners for the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who's going to win it, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and a six-time Super Bowl winner in Tom Brady. Can't win it without one, So is what you're telling me. No, I'm not saying that. I'm asking you if that just makes you, because there's a lot of conversation among Washington fans, okay, we see it, we got to go get a quarterback. Like, let's let's not delude ourselves into thinking that Taylor Heineke is any one of these final four. Then why would you want a new quarterback? Okay, Matt Stafford, I get it. Deshaun Watson, I, I get it. But uh, let's say you end up drafting one. It's clearly proven that Alex Smith is about the best player to be on your roster with the drafted quarterback. And if he had any part of Mahomes... What do you mean it's proven that Alex Smith I is guess the best? it's not because he didn't help Dwayne. Oh, you're saying from a mentor standpoint. From a mentor, from on the roster, from a guy I'm that gives provides stability. I'm not paying him $24 million bucks to be, you know... I don't know if he's going to demand that. Okay, well, if you tell me you can restructure his deal next year and he's not going to you know, cost me $24 million plus okay. against the cap... But I, but but he can't. Yeah, but here's the here's what you would say. Here's the Alex Smith situation. Okay, Alex, you know we know it's clear. You're gonna get one year anywhere in the league, at best. You're not getting a big deal if we release you. No one's gonna give you that. Restructure here. Work with Mac Jones. Work with. You're probably not getting the dude from BYU. You're probably not. Maybe Trey Lance. Work with Trey Lance. Work with this dude. It'll buy you another year in the league. You're not getting Trey Lance. I, we don't know that. Whatever. You're right. We don't know that. But, yeah. I mean, in general, if you're drafting a guy and you can restructure it's Look, uh, you know I've never been the biggest Alex Smith fan. Okay? I'm not arguing this from the point that I've been the biggest Alex Smith promoter. I, I haven't. I've been on your side with this. But there's just something as to a, him. As a, as a player. As, an, as a producer at the position on the field, the intangibles are absolutely um, his. Still got that offense going this year. I mean, look, what, he, he was he was he exceeded expectations, no doubt. And Alex is going to sit there and say, "Okay, well, give me Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill, and I'll show you that I can produce." Right. <laughs> you know. Yep. G- give me a big time tight end, and a and another elite one. So I got Terry, uh, another one, and a tight end. I'll produce. That's what he. That's clearly what he's going to think. He did it in Kansas City. But by the way, I want I, I want to just add to the you know, obviously when you get to a situation like this one with the final four being the quarterbacks, everybody the default is see you can't win without them. Well, you know, last year's final four. Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill were a part of it, okay? In 2018, the Final Four uh, included Jared Goff um, and Nick uh, – no, not Nick Foles that year. It included Jared Goff. In 2017, Nick Foles and Blake Bortles were – and Case Keenum were, the fi- were among the Final Four. So it's – I think that – I think, look, if you're saying – I want to be a team that wins 10 games every year for the next five years and is in the play 10 plus and is in the playoffs for those five years and in two of those years has a really good chance to advance deep into the postseason and maybe get to the Super Bowl and win it. I think you're, the number one need is is a franchise quarterback. You know, a, a really, really good quarterback. And they're really hard to find. But... 
it's not, you can get to this upcoming weekend, you know, without having one. It's been proven here in recent years. But you, I'll tell you one thing: not not to take another knock at the Washington defense, but you got to have a better defense than they had this year. You just do. And you probably have to have better quarterbacking play than the, than the play they had this year. If it's you yeah, know, you got to have better offense. Better offense. Well, uh, better offense is a better defense. Yeah, because Jimmy I mean, Garoppolo you, you, had the defense, defense and the running game. But this is a defense in Washington's that I, clearly I think needs some pieces. But it's a defense that had to play against a balanced offense in every single game of the season, except for maybe one or two, which was Dallas full times. Right. They were. Down in every game except a cup, like two. Yeah, so you're playing full balanced offense every single game. Built as a defensive front that should really, really disrupt the passer. Up ten points. Need better offense. Yeah, because the the point. I mean, in, in mentioning some of those teams, like if you just go back to last year. The 49ers didn't have a top half of the league starting quarterback in Garoppolo, but they had a dominant defense and one of the best running games we've seen in recent years. The Titans may have had Ryan Tannehill, who you may not say is a top half of the league starting quarterback, but they had an outstanding defense and they had Derek Effing Henry. So, you know, and then if you go back to the year before that, when you had Jared Goff, you really did have an explosive offense with guys like Gurley and others. You know, uh, I don't know. Look, the bottom line is I don't want to sit here and go into next year and the year after saying we got a great defense. We got Anton. I mean, Gibson's really turned into something. Yeah, Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke, you know, they may not be a top half of the league starter, but but we we can win if as long as they don't lose the game, we can win. You know what you're you're doing then? You're 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 doing the thing Denver tried to do for a few years, mm-hmm. and you might you know go. You're doing the thing that 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 Bill O'Brien did in Houston. You might go nine and seven. You might win ten games. You might win a playoff game, but you're probably not going to contend for a Super Bowl. And by the way. Your injuries away on your defense that's carrying you, or a running game that's carrying you away from being five and eleven. Whereas Aaron Rodgers is never going to allow Green Bay to be five and eleven. Pat Mahomes, at this point, Josh Allen, the Bills aren't going five and eleven with Josh Allen anymore. And again, I know it's hard to find these guys. Like it's not easy. So it's not like, oh, oh, so that's the decision. We got to go get a quarterback. Well, let's just go get one. I understand how difficult it is. But um, I just, to me, at least I'm getting a guy in the top half of the league that's going to give me a chance to, with a good defense, even if it isn't elite, um, but it's really good. And maybe, you know, I'm, I want to be in that 10-plus win for a few years and have a chance. I don't know. It's, it's a hard conversation because there's not – there are plenty of examples to say – well, you can get to this upcoming weekend without a great quarterback, even though this year you, you, it wasn't done. But we haven't seen it win a Super Bowl unless you wanted to say the last one was the Von Miller team with Peyton Manning, who was terrible. And, yeah. and, and Garoppolo that, did have that, a 10-point lead. There's a lot lead. of argument to that team because it's still Peyton Manning. And Garoppolo had a 10-point lead, and Goff was in a 6-3 to game or whatever that was in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah, but Goff had a heck of a year that year. He did. 
But that was an offense that people hadn't quite seen. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah, it was that offense that year was outstanding. But Goff, Goff also had Brandon Cooks that year. Yeah. And they had Todd Gurley, who at the end of the year, remember, stopped, they stopped playing him. Yeah, well, that's but true. The yeah. first year, year and a half, Gurley was amazing. Right. Yeah, I mean, Gurley had a m- massive year, and I'm just looking through that year like, Goff, man, what a year he had. 28 touchdowns, 7 picks. Threw for 3,800 yards, 62% completion. He did take some sacks that year, but he had Gurley rushing for 1,305. He had Tavon Austin. They had um, Everett. um, You know, they had Cup. They had Woods. That's right, they had Woods too. And Watkins. Yeah. (laughs) And Watkins. Yeah, and Watkins. Anyway. They didn't have those dudes this year. Right. Wentz isn't Rodgers, who can win with Valdez, Scantling, and Lazard. <laughs> yeah, and Tanyan. And Tanyan, who's actually a pretty good tight end. He is pretty good. All right, quickly, first blush in the championship games. Obviously, on Friday, we'll have our picks. I like Green Bay to win, and I think Buffalo has a legit chance to win. Um, it, obviously, that one's harder because we don't know about Mahomes' condition. But assuming that he plays... I, I think Buffalo has a real a, a legit chance to win that game. I think I think they're going to find it a lot easier to move the football and score points than they did on Saturday night. I think Kansas City wins that game. And I've loved Allen all year, but I've sensed some moments in the postseason where you can see he's pressing a little bit. That it's not just the fun excitement that they had all year. Him and Diggs just jumping around, doing high-five dances. I think that Allen is going to feel a ton of pressure to beat Kansas City, to beat Mahomes, to be the guy, to be the – I mean, not the guy for that team, but to be the dude in the NFL. And, you know, if he were to come out and win two games, the next two games, he's going to be the dude. Yeah. It'll be be on him. They're going to try to throw the ball against Kansas City. No doubt. But they can also – they can run it against him too. More, More than they could against Baltimore. Like, I'm going to be really surprised if Buffalo doesn't score 24 points on Sunday. Yeah, Buffalo's going to score more than Cleveland for sure in this game. And Cleveland did a pretty good job. They, I thought Cleveland, they got down, but I thought they could have run the ball more. Now, both those guys, Chubb and Hunt, who are – I mean, again, Cleveland's as good as it gets right now in running the ball. Yeah. They averaged over five yards of carry against Kansas City. It's just – everybody feels this. Chiefs are going to score. we got to go score. Yeah, I I don't think Buffalo will fear Kansas City. I think they're ready for it. But I'm just saying, I'll tell you, if Mahomes plays, I think Kansas City wins this ball game. I mean, as of today, I'm I, I'm actually I'm undecided. But I, my initial first blush would be with Mahomes. I like Kansas City. What about Green Bay, Tampa? Aaron Rodgers will be so much better than he was the first game against Tampa. I think so too. I think having lost the game the way, the way they lost that game and figuring it out through the rest of the season, the way – and the relationship with Rodgers and LaFleur. You hear Rodgers talking about LaFleur. He calls him Matty. <laughs> like, oh, Matty had some great plays. Yeah, Matty had a great sequence of plays here, and we got this and this. And Matty's did – they're in love with each other. I think Rodgers right now with the dynamic, with LaFleur, with the weapons they have on offense, and to me – Kev, the way they've kind of figured it out a little bit on defense, 
I like Green Bay in that one. I do too. I do too. And I and I can't wait to watch that game. And snow is in the forecast for Lambeau for Sunday afternoon. Um, maybe a lot of it uh, is a possibility that obviously could impact it. But neither quarterbacks phased by that by that weather. Um, if they no, they're not that. phased by it. But you could say potentially that maybe Godwin and Evans are phased by it. Sure. Absolutely, because Devontae Adams won't be. All right, um, that's it. Uh, We're done for the day. Uh, That was fun. Uh, Last full weekend of football uh, we just completed, and we'll have two championship games to preview and pick on Friday. Tommy's with me tomorrow. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.